How you guys doing? Everybody's good? Awesome. Hey, uh, isn't it so great to know that the Father of all creation over all the universe made a way for us to have a relationship with Him by the gift of His only Son? And this morning, we come under the banner of Jesus' name just to lift up the Father, to glorify Him. Is that why we've come this morning? I hope that's why you're here. And uh, yeah. Dads, where are you at? Could you just stand for a second? Just want to honor you real quick. Just say thank you for all you do. Come on. Let's give it up for the dads in the house. Awesome. Well, you have an incredible privilege. We have an incredible privilege this morning of hearing uh, the story of Coach Ed Thomas. And some of you may have already heard this story a couple years back. Uh, the story actually won an SB award uh, for just the profound depth of courage and hope and faith that Coach Ed Thomas shared. And his son Aaron is here with us this morning. We're going to welcome him in just a minute. But we want to tell you a little bit of the backstory. So take a look at this video. Guys, would you help me welcome Aaron Thomas to our stage this morning? Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. All the way. From corn-fed, <laughs> beef-raised ra Iowa, welcome to our Thank stage. You. It's all good. Iowa. Yeah. We're so honored to have you here. We know, uh, just as we look at the story, the month of June, yep. it's a big deal in your family. Um, we're, we're rounding the third anniversary of this traumatic event in your lives. How are you guys faring? Catch us up. Just give us the overview. Yeah. You know, June is probably the toughest month. A lot of great things for me, but also a lot of tough thing you know my anniversary was yesterday and and great things but you know father's day is probably one of the tough times it was, it was on saturday of father's day in 09 was the last time my dad and i were we went out and played golf just he and i and had some great conversation and, and just he and i and then sunday being father's day we were obviously there with with my mom and dad and and and, and things and then you know three days later my father was murdered um, so this is always a tough time of year, you know, you, just all those things come back, those memories, but on the flip side, they're great memories. Uh, I'm, I'm so blessed to have that time with my dad, and you know, I was 50 miles down the road when all this, I was an athletic director and assistant principal and head basketball coach at Union High School, which no, nobody in here, unless they're from Iowa, knows where I'm talking about. <laughs> got some Iowa but, people in the we house. We got a couple. Yeah. I thought they only came in the winter. They saw the light. <laughs> but... They, but, they, uh, yeah, they stopped detasseling corn yeah. and, and found hope in the yeah. suburbs of Chandler, yeah. Arizona. 115 degrees, no. Um, <laughs> another conversation. <laughs> but, no, you, you know, and, and for me, I can tell you in third grade I wanted to be like my dad. Yeah. I can remember being back. I knew in third grade I wanted to go into education because I didn't understand impact, but school was not work to my dad. He loved being there every day, and he loved being with young people and inspiring them, and I wanted to have that same thing in my life. And So when I went into education, I was 50 miles down the road at a neighboring school, but I basically just took the blueprint of what I learned in Parkersburg, because uh, my dad never talked about winning and losing. It was all on, on creating better people, 
And, you know, so I was doing that down the road, and both athletic directors were in the same conference, so at AD's meeting, my dad and I would sit by each other, and I'd call him daily, hey, what do you do with this, or how do you handle this, or what do you do with that parent, or that, you know, so all those things, we had just a great relationship, and then for June 24th to occur, uh, completely turned my life upside down, you know, at 29, I can tell you, I had no adversity in my life, really. Before then, I had a two-parent home, was loved, blessed, was disciplined, which I didn't always appreciate at the time. Now that I'm a father, it's, a, you know, part of the deal. Yeah. And, and you probably find joy in discipline now. Uh, yeah. yeah. My kids think so. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to, to be raised in, you know, for my role model to be my dad, and then for June 24th, you know, we hadn't had a murder in Parkersburg since 1923. Wow. You know, so never in my wildest imagination did I think I'd ever lose my dad to, in that manner. Um, but I do think God prepared me for June 24th, 2009, and, and equipped me to be ready to deal with losing my dad. And I had a great example for 30 years. But, you know, I can tell you, so two days after, and this, you know, with something we'll probably talk about, we're just going to fast forward. But, so murder happens June yeah. 24th. June 26th. And again, I'm in LaPorte City, Iowa, 50 miles from Parkersburg. Uh, Coach Kearns, who coached with my dad since 1978, comes to me and Todd and I met with the football team two days after my dad was killed just to try to reaffirm, hey, and let them know, if you're struggling with things, make sure you seek help, you know, because that's important. Don't feel you need to be all tough and macho and nice. This was a big deal. And Coach Kearns calls me in after. He says, Aaron, I got to meet with a school board and superintendent, and they're going to ask for my recommendation. Would you be willing to come back to Parkersburg? Wow. Like, and at first, my initial thought was no. I didn't say no. I said, I'll think about it. I'll pray about it. I got to talk to my wife. You know, I, a million things going on in my mind that I never thought I'd be dealing with. And um, so you start weighing all the different things. You know, I was never going to be Coach Thomas in Parkersburg. I still am not. The kids right. don't really call me Coach Thomas. I'm Aaron or AT or you know, whatever, um, you know, so it was going to be a smaller school, less money. I was going to have to see the weight room where my dad was killed every single day, you know, and this is two days after it happened that, that I'm processing. But on the flip side, I start thinking, you know, I'll be able to mow my mom's yard. I'll be able to move snow, which none of you here know about. Right. Um, you know. We get hail. Yeah, hail. Yeah. Monsoon you know. hail. It's a big deal around here. <laughs> You know, and then I think about the 23 young people who, 23 young people were in the weight room experienced this. And you imagine, you know, if you have children 13 years old through 17 years old to, to see somebody they respect, they love, shot, you know, point blank seven times. And I knew if I could maybe help them in some way. And then my dad was huge, you know, he had all these sayings. And in the video, they show that wall. Uh, the mural that we have in our school, and it's all his quotes in there among sports. And, and one of the biggest things he always said was, never forget where you came from. Wow. And, you know, for me, was I not going to return to Parkersburg probably when they needed me more than ever before because it was going to be harder for me. Um, so my wife and I talked, and her family, her mom and dad lived in, in I'm going to call it the suburbs of <laughs> Parkersburg, which means the country. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like Casa Grande, you know? Yeah. Just... Relating it geographically. Thank you. Yeah. But for my kids to be able to be raised by their grandparents, and I know my mom, the joy that my three boys brought to her, you know, and if I could go there and help those 23 young people be better and get through high school, and if I could continue, my father, you know, my dad was huge on, with the coaches, we weren't just developing young people, we are developing better people. We are going to take pride in everything we did, we are going to do things the right way, and we are going to teach life skills. If all that went south, I'd have nobody to blame, but when I looked in the mirror, it'd be 
my fault that I didn't keep coaches who believed in those things. And so we returned home. I can tell you three years later, it was 100% God prepared me mm. uh, for that. And, and I needed to go back to Parkersburg to continue that legacy. Now I have the opportunity to be here to, to share my story, you know, with thousands of people in Arizona who you know, didn't know Iowa, didn't know this. But um, my dad impacted a lot of people, and I'm so blessed to have the platform now to continue that message. Yeah. Thanks. One, one common thread that's true for all of us is that we'll face adversity in life, right. and uh, God forbid that we'd have to go through the things that you've had to face in these last three years, uh, but you've done that, and how have you got through it? You know, it's not easy, and one of the biggest things, you know, I was so fortunate, like I said, to have the upbringing I did, and I think when people go through tough times, you know, like I said, 29 easy years for me. Life was really easy, and I almost felt guilty at times for that, but it, through this, I know a couple of things. One, I'm not done with adversity. I'm yeah. still going to lose loved ones. Mm. I'm going to have tough times at work. Um, I'm going to have people hurt me and things happen that I don't deserve, that I don't think I deserve. People might say things about me um, that hurt me. But what I've learned is everybody goes through those things. But, you know, I, I truly believe we, unfortunately, are still the only people who have to deal with it. You have to figure out, how am I going to deal with this situation? For me, I could feel sorry for myself. I could be bitter, I could be angry, but the bottom line is my father would still be gone. And by doing that, I'd cheat my sons out of the dad they deserve. Yeah. I'd cheat my wife out of the husband she deserves. And those young people I work with at school that I coach, um, that I'm the assistant principal to, they wouldn't be getting the administrator they deserve if I let that moment define me for the rest. And each and every one of us, in we have that moment, that, that hurt, that pain. But you know, Going through my dad's Bible was probably the best thing I did. And, and fathers, I challenge you. I, I carry my dad's Bible, and my mom was gracious enough to let me use it. But in here, he's got it all marked up. So like when I'm reading scripture, I can say, what mattered to him? What yeah. verses did he find? And then he, his handwriting's worse than mine. Yeah. Um, and he had like secret codes yeah, in there's, there and stuff. There's, it's, it's code I showed you. You know, FN, it took me a month to figure out that meant footnote. I had no idea. So I'm, what is FN all in here? He thought it was his favorite football team. I had no idea. But, you know, and, and going through this, you know, it, it truly, and I think when we go through tough times with our relationship with God, hopefully we turn to the word, yeah. not away from it. Because one thing I, I really got in God's word right after, and some things became very evident. I read Job, you know, I, I thought I was having things rough. You read Job 1 and 2, and, and the thing that's very clear in Job is God has nothing to do with evil. God didn't do this. God allowed it to happen, but it was through Satan. You know, I think, in my opinion, and as I look now, I think Satan just had a really bad plan June 24th because my dad was open and would share his faith, impacted a lot of people. Satan thought if he's gone, but the impact my dad has now after his death. And, and what's got me through is, is some scripture. And, yeah. you know, if you're going through tough times, I encourage you, get into Romans. There's some great stuff in there that, that challenges you. And, and there's days I didn't want to read it, you know, but, but Romans 9.20 uh, but who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to he who formed it, why did you make me like this? You know, God gave me 30 great years, and all of a sudden one thing of adversity, I'm going to start questioning him. Right. He's got a plan. He knows what he's... Romans 8.18, uh, another great verse. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And I can tell you, through this story, the way God has been revealed to other people, you know, how often on ESPN do they talk about faith? How, how often does that get to be talked about? 
You know, it, it doesn't happen in our society. Oh, we can't, somebody might get upset if we, you know, tell them the strength and where this comes from, but that happened. Then Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who he loved, who have been called according to his purpose. And, you know, my dad, I, I firmly believe his purpose was being in Parkersburg for 58 years to impact young people, to make a difference in their lives, and to serve as his Lord and Savior. And, and, you know, I have no doubt, and I think what gets me through, if God would have said to my dad, Ed, here's the deal. You're going to live to be 58 years old. You're going to be passionate about what you do. You're going to stand for something, and you're making a difference in other people's lives, and I'm going to take you to be home with me. My dad takes that deal. And I think as his son, I have that peace. I know exactly where my father's at. He's with his heavenly father. He's like, now, is it hard for me on earth? Yeah, but I have that comfort in knowing I'm going to see him again. And, you know, I hope each and every father here, their son has that same comfort. Or their mother. I hope your, your children have that comfort because that's how I get through this. If my dad wasn't saved, if he, I don't know, it would have been a whole lot harder for me to get through that. But, but God's word revealed these scripture to me in times when I needed it. And I know everybody, every person in this room has hurts and has things they don't necessarily ask for. But, you know, we got to make a choice. Is that moment going to define us for the rest of our lives? And Robert, you know, Mark Becker took my dad. He wasn't going to take the best part of me and everything I had to give. And that's a choice that each and every one of us has to make, you know, whatever your hurt, whatever your, your thing is. I truly believe that. Let's talk about Mark Becker for a second. Okay. Um, again, here we are at three years. Right. And you stood up there just moments after the, the, the event had taken place. And I thought the courage that was shown in the, in the film that you delivered on, uh, even towards the Becker family, um, as it relates to forgiveness and these kinds of things, what would you speak about forgiveness? You know, with, with forgiveness, with, with Mark, you know, I know Dave and Joan Becker. They, Dave was on the deacon board with my dad, played for my dad. Joan was a student of my dad. They would have done anything for this not to occur, and I know that. Mm. And even today, if I talk to Dave Becker, you can see the brokenness on his faith. Now, not quite as easy right away with Mark Becker. There's a lot of things in his life. He got into methamphetamine, um, you know, and mental illness, how that all fit together. I'm not 100% certain, but, you know, I'll never forget. It was a day I was angry. I wasn't ready to forgive, and, and I'm reading my Bible, and uh, Mark 11:25 25 uh, comes to me this day, and it says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And I checked the footnotes. It didn't say, unless they murder your dad. Mm. Or it didn't say, unless so-and-so, you know, spreads these rumors or if this person cheats on me or steals from me or whatever. And, you know, for me, that's there. And I know, I know I'm a sinner and I need God's forgiveness. And if this is what he's calling me to do. And to say I 100% forgive Mark Becker, I don't have days or, or tough thoughts but I do know the Holy Spirit's blessed me and worked through me. I, I'm not consumed by it. I don't have all this anger and rage inside of me where I can't move forward. And, and right. it's truly through the Holy Spirit that it's happened. And Mark's currently in a mental uh, prison. Uh, we're waiting for, he's appealed, so we're kind of waiting for the Iowa Supreme Court to see if we have to go back to trial or if it's going to be upheld. But you know, for me, I can tell you with Dave and Jonah, I, I truly feel for them. Mm. They not only lost a mentor, they lost a son in this deal as well. And with Mark, you know, I'm hoping that, that God works through him. I know my dad would accept him and, and love to see him in heaven. Yeah. Well, we know that that kind of compassion uh, is fueled by 
a legacy of faith that your right. dad left. I think it'd be interesting just to have you share a little bit about some of the unique things that your mom and dad have done to sow a life of faith into you guys. Yeah, you know, for us, it was from the time I had a better chance of missing school than I did church. Um, but it was just the exception. As a young kid, you know, oh, I don't want to go sit in the but parents. And, and we didn't have like this. Yeah, this the, is awesome. The guitars and you know, we didn't have all, all that. But, you know, that expectation, but it wasn't just an expectation. They showed through leadership. Yeah. You know, my dad taught adult Sunday school. My mom taught... Um, Sunday school for the kids. It wasn't an option. It's not like they dropped us off at the door and went to Sunday, you know, and we went to Sunday school. They led by example. Mm. And for me, that was huge. And I know that didn't happen with a lot of my other friends. They, and, and for me now as a father, um, I'm able to kind of continue that. There, this is the expectation. My, we're going to go to Sunday school. You're going to be at church and, and, and you're going to go to Oahu on Wednesday and all those things that I had those discipline growing up. But, you know, I was fortunate. My dad didn't have that same upbringing. You know, because there's people in here, they had great, you know, that upbringing. My dad was the son of an alcoholic, um, but decided at a young age he was going to be different. And my grandma, Thomas, still alive, was extremely faithful and, and always got my dad to church. But he decided at a young age he was going to be different. And his family tree was a jumbled mess for the male role models in his life. But he was going to be different because of that. I'm the one who has a great, you know, so, so people in here, dad's in here. Your challenge is I don't care what your upbringing is. Get your kids in the word. And not just dads. You know, be that example. You can't just tell somebody. You got to show them what really matters. You got to lead and be that positive example. And I think I was so blessed to have parents lead me and show me. Um, but the good part is there's men in this church. There's women in this church who set that example. If I didn't have that father figure maybe, and, and, and maybe you're my mentor. Maybe you're that role model. Hey, this is how we do this. This is what you do for your kids. And there's a lot of responsibility within the church for, for no matter where you're at in your faith, if you're brand new to it, if you're old to it. But, but as a dad, I think that challenge of raising godly children, we're commanded to do it. Totally. And, and that's, you know, the challenge for me each and every day. I was just blessed to have the father who chose to be different and kind of started and made my path a little easier. And, and each and every person in here can start that path down the right road. Right. Well, the, the uh, yeah, amen to that. Yeah. That's all good. The dust is sort of settling in Parkersburg. Mm -hmm. You've taken on the athletic director role, which is so cool. You're out there mowing the grass just like your dad. Not near as often as he did, but yes. Yeah. Every now and then. Um, what, what can you tell us about what's happening? Uh, there's a, some cool stuff that even happened yesterday. Talk yeah. about that. You know, right after my dad was killed, Casey Wigman, and Casey was one of our four NFL players from a town of 2000. He played for most of his career with Kansas City Chiefs and Played at Denver Broncos for a year or two, but 17-year NFL veteran. And John Jordan, who played for my dad in the early 90s, very prominent businessman in Texas. And they were both back for the funeral and visitation. And, and after the funeral, they came and they sat with Todd and I and my mom. And they said, we want to start a foundation to continue your father's legacy. Um, and so we started the Ed Thomas Family Foundation. I knew nothing of it. We didn't know where we were going. But see, my dad stood for faith, family, and football. Those were his priorities. And every decision he made was based on those priorities. He wasn't serving as a deacon and an elder in our church and then carrying on in, in ungodly behavior. You know, he was huge on being an example. You live your life, you're going to say you, you're about this and you actually stand for this. And, and so we wanted to continue kind of my dad's legacy and the things he was about. And, and, and so we give gifts based off faith, based on family, based on football. And football is, you know, things to impact your community or whatever. But 
Um, so we've built a church in East Asia, and we've got Bibles out to hundreds of thousands of people and, and some different things along those lines. But, you know, the young people in that weight room are now getting to the age. We just graduated. The last kids who, who were in that weight room um, who had my dad as a teacher just graduated. And we have some who will be seniors who are going to be freshmen, but they never had my dad in class. So we honored yesterday these 23 people with, with scholarships from the Ed Thomas Family so Foundation cool. to continue. And, and it's... And it, and it wasn't, you know, a sympathy, but if you saw these young people and the men and women they've become through this adversity, and we just told them how proud they, that we are and that my dad would be that they've risen through this and gone through this, and now they have this story that they get to tell. And, you know, I think our challenge for each person here, my dad was an educator in the middle of Iowa in a town without a stoplight, but he stood for something. And he made an impact. And when I think about the Ed Thomas Family Foundation, to me it's not that, but my challenge and question, if today was your last day here, are you worth continuing? Will mm. you have that legacy? What will people say about you? Are you about, can, well, they say that he was a man of faith. He's a man about his family. You know, do we stand for something or we just kind of go through the days? And I think that's probably the biggest thing I've taken from my dad is, I need to be a man of God. I need to set an example of what I expect of other people. And I hope each person in here thinks about what is my legacy going to be. And at 33, I'm already thinking, what do I want my kids to take from me right. when I'm maybe no longer here? How can I prepare them? Because I felt real, really well prepared for June 24th, mm. 2009. I was prepared to deal with, you know, I had a great dad for 30 years and was so blessed because of that. I think looking at the statistics in this country, um, and you know them well, and I think we know them well, and the statistics are, are as true in the church as they are right. outside of the church, um, that 50% of families will end in divorce. And so many of you have come from families that aren't quite like the Thomas family. Right. Um, and I just have to wonder what you would say to people that are here that have come from broken families. You talked about four things your dad right. really ingrained into you guys. What would you say about standing up and being that first branch of that tree? Yeah, it's so huge. Is no matter what we've done in our lives, the thing is, you know, God knows we've sinned, and He sent His Son to die for our sins. So, you know, no matter what we've done, nothing says today can't be the day that we start down that right path. And I think that's huge. But four things my dad constantly talked about, and when we deal with adversity or things in our life, you know. Four things I believe we choose daily, and this is far from scientific, um, but I, <laughs> It's Iowa bread. Yeah, 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 it is Iowa bread. But it's good. You know, I think the four things we choose, number one is our attitude. Each mm. and every day you choose your attitude. When you got up and came here to worship, was it an attitude of, I'm going to get closer to God? Was it an attitude of, I'm going to go serve my Lord? Or was it, uh, well, we're going to go, let's go get church done, and then we can go do whatever for Father? What's your attitude? And with attitude, it goes with other people. You know, I want you to think about the people you work with, that you serve with, whatever it might be. Who are the people you can't wait to be a part of a group with? Who are the people you can't wait to be around? And then you think about the people you hope you do not have to serve with, that they do not sit by you at church, that you do. And what's the yeah. one difference between those two people? It's nothing more than attitude. Wow. And, and, you know, there's a lot of factors in our lives that affect our attitude. You know, maybe, maybe I'm struggling with this person or my workload's really heavy or I got all these pressures. The bottom line is I still choose and I'm the only person who chooses what my attitude is for that day. Mm. I think the second and third thing go hand in hand, how you spend your time 
and how you spend your resources. And when I say resources, I'm talking money. Because there's only 24 hours in a day. So where I spend to choose my time, that shows what truly matters. Because I can verbally tell you, boy, my family's real important. Right. My church is so important to me and, and serving here and doing this. But if you were to look, does, does it reflect where my time is spent and where I spend my... Because we work hard for our money and we're limited on our time. So where we choose to spend them. My challenge as a father with my time is, you know, I have the opportunity now to go speak. I'm the athletic director, so I'm at every home activity we have at our school. My kids need to know they're valued. You know, there's a lot of people who get off work at 4 or 5 o'clock every day and they go home and they do this the rest of the night or they're on their keyboards or their cell phones or whatever. Do we spend quality time with those we love or do we just tell them they're important? And I think one of the biggest things I've learned is you've got to show people. Mm. Don't tell them. Show them what matters. And I think the fourth thing we choose is our relationships. Are we surface level deep people or do we truly care about others? You know, mm. To see the amount of people who came to my dad's visitation, 4,500 people came in a town of 2,000 people. Because, and I heard story after story, man, your dad invested in me. He knew I could do this. Or when my parents were going through divorce, he was there for me. And, And one of the most shocking stories, a young man said, the day my dad killed himself, your dad was the first person in my house and he sat on the bed and he just put his arm around and we just cried together. Mm. Do we do that for other people? Or a new family comes in, are we, are we there to greet them? Or, hey, sorry you're new, it's really tough, but we got our friends over here. Mm. What type of relationships? I think just those four things that we choose daily determines and makes us the people we are. With that said, we have to stand for something and we have to have a passion for what it is we do. Yeah. Woo. Man. Yeah. As we close, would you just give men a charge? Would you give our fathers a charge as we look at the importance of what it means to be a father? And we see this connection most related in the father's relationship to Jesus. Right. Uh, But what would you say to our men? How would you challenge them today? My challenge to the men is your kids aren't going to care how much money you make. They're not going to care how fancy a car you drive. All they want to do is they want to have your time. You know, I called my three boys in between the service and just to hear their voice and that they're missing me and, you know, we're going on vacation. But you got to show them that you love them. And, and men, we got to tell them how proud we are. Because I know what meant more to me was my dad telling me how proud he was of me mm. and that he loved me. And as men, sometimes we don't think we're supposed to do that. But I think we also need to lead by example. If we want our children to be children of faith, we need to show them what that looks like and live it each and every day. And we can't, you know, at the home we're one guy, and then when we're at church we're acting in a different direction. We need to truly be men of God all the time and show our kids. Don't tell them. Show them what they mean to us, but be that father that our Heavenly Father is for us. So good. I'd love to pray for you and for these men. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. My Can pleasure. we pray together? Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> God, thank you for for Aaron Thomas. Thank you for his courage. Thank you for the man that he has become. Thank you for the way he's risen up to share with us today an example that his dad would certainly be proud of. Thank you for Ed Thomas and the legacy that he left his kids. And and God, I pray we'd be inspired today to follow you first, just as Ed did, to put you first and foremost in the midst of our lives to love our family right after that and everything else falls behind. Thank you for just the chance we have today to be challenged and for our men, God, to be challenged, to step up and to lead the way, to lead the way with a godly example. 
of what it means to know and follow you in our families. God, we pray blessing over Aaron as he goes about just continuing to, to just tell the story of what you are doing in and through their lives. Would you bless them and take care of them in just an amazing way? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank Aaron one more time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay.